Yeah, I think so. I think we're pretty much already in it at this point. Yeah, I think we are. <laughs> how that works sometimes. Yeah. Hey, hey, Wade, did you see this article from Variety.com about how Blizzard brought the king of esports back into awesomeness? I saw the headline. I didn't read it. That's because it's really long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're going to start today's podcast by talking about StarCraft because we don't do that enough, honestly. For the number of people that come here because they have a shared love of StarCraft, I think we should do it and um, talk about it more often. Yeah. So we're going to do that today. So there's a link in the show notes to a Variety.com article posted July 13th, 2018. So not that long ago, even by the time you get this. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a really good history of StarCraft as a whole about how Blizzard had the Warcraft series and they wanted to put it in space and then it exploded in Korea and they did not expect it. And that esports wasn't really a thing yet, but it was being played competitively and how even if they wanted to regulate what was going on in Korea, they couldn't because of international trade agreements. It's crazy. Like there's a lot of stuff in the history portion of this that I did not know. And I feel like people could benefit from reading because it's been, I mean, this is 20 years now. There are teenagers who play this game that were not alive back when StarCraft came out. Mm. I mean, if people want to read this, it does have nearly 9,000 words. It is a long article. Yeah, it is serious business. And again, the major points are Blizzard did not expect StarCraft to take off the way it did in a competitive realm, and especially not in South Korea, of all places on Earth. Mm. Uh, the article actually makes the claim the reason it took off in Korea is because there was a uh, a lot of young, like, youth unemployment for younger people. Really? It says right here, conditions in South Korea were perfect for a game like StarCraft to catch on. In the wake of a region-wide recession, PC Bangs, and the Korean bongs. take on the Land Cafe. Is it Bongs? It is. P- really? P- bongs? Like, drugs? Bongs? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not like ONG. <laughs> No, but it's pronounced PC bongs. It's year. It's a year. Oh, Pronounce it like it's a year. PC bong. Bong. Well, that, that's not even better. All right. Uh, like, PC. Wow, today I learned. Okay, I'm no. educated now. <sighs> it's not drug paraphernalia. Anyway, these PC cafes were popping up across the country to serve a generation of underemployed young people in need of cheap entertainment. Uh-huh. Starcraft was a remarkable game, yes, but every eSport is more than its game, and out of this fertile ground, a rich culture of competition blossomed. So I'd never heard that before. I never heard an explanation as to why Korea took to it so hard, but mm. Variety, the guy's trying to make it make sense. I mean, it's a good theory. Yeah, I like it. Mm. It's probably simplistic, but I'm sure that's part of it. Mm. Uh, so anyway, like I said, Blizzard couldn't do anything uh, to really make the eSport culture in Korea regulated by mm. Blizzard. Mm-hmm. Um, the trade trade agreements between the U.S. and Korea hadn't actually been updated since like the 50s, and so it just it couldn't count for e-commerce or any of this stuff. Mm. Uh, so then, by StarCraft II, there actually was an update to that trade agreement between the United States and Korea, and they were able to kind of work some things in there. Specifically, the idea that Blizzard owned the software, and that by playing it, you're just like they're letting you borrow it. They own it, mm. but you are just using their service. And so what that let them do is let them deal with hacking a lot more easily on a legal front mm. and standardized tournaments and things like that. So they definitely programmed StarCraft 2 to be friendly to the esports. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing they did, which people complain about a lot, is that it required you to talk to the Battle.net servers to play at all. No LAN support yeah. for multiplayer. Came an online only game, yeah. Yeah, people are definitely not a fan of that and have complained about it for years, but it was specifically so that they could control the esports for StarCraft. That was yeah. it. That's the entire reason they did it, which I don't think I knew. Maybe you did. Uh, yeah, I I had heard that ages ago, uh, that they had required hmm. it to be online because it made dealing with hacking and stuff much easier. Yeah. As annoying as it is. Yeah, I mean, it's annoying, but there's virtually no other reason for it than to try and to control uh yeah correct that kind of stuff i mean yeah and they might have given other reasons but mm, (laughs) those reasons i don't think really had much to do with what was going on yeah so that talks about how much wings of liberty exploded onto the scene had huge audiences crazy stages devoted to the esport 
uh, how it was the introduction of who was their original broadcaster? Uh, it was was it Kespa? Well, it was initially. They were they tried they tried to make it work so that Kespa would broadcast StarCraft two, um, but then they went with GOM TV instead in two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they broadcast um, GSL back in 2010s. And there's a huge, like, towards the middle and towards the end, they talk about the region lock, which we've talked about on the podcast before. But, I mean, bottom line, I think it's working. I think what, they're in, what they intended for it to do was increase winnings for people, for non-Koreans, for foreigners, and increased interest in the countries of those players who are not Korean and drum up interest overall across the world. I think that's succeeding. Is it correlation or causation? Ah, that is the question, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, as far as the goal of putting more money into the pockets of foreigners, yes, that's absolutely working. But as far as viewership increasing, that is harder to correlate for sure. So bottom line, StarCraft 2 is a lot healthier than it has been. I believe the numbers for the latest WCS Valencia, that Twitch stream was up um, something like 30 plus percent over last year, same time. Mm. Um, arguments about you know League of Legends the new thing is Overwatch the new thing is CS:GO the new thing. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't seem like they're necessarily um, gonna take over here. It looks like StarCraft is around to stay at least for the time being. Mm, well, I mean StarCraft while it's had a resurgence, I don't. It's still not you know top three esports based on viewership numbers. Twitch so. viewer numbers. Yeah. Mm. Things like Dota, League of Legends, and CSGO still all get more views, internationally speaking. Based on big-time tournaments. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So, again, StarCraft is back. It's on the rise based on where it's been over the last 12 months, which is mm. good news. We'll see if it continues to grow. Yeah. Um, yep. So, it's a good article. If you have, you know, an hour to read a 9,000-word article, I recommend you check it out. I think it's in some slightly sadder news, but uh, Optimus... It's actually retiring. He retired yesterday. I did I did see that on the Twitters. Yeah. Which That's a bummer. Yeah. It's a little upsetting to see players retire, but I think it's better to stop when you know you can't continue and than to just pointlessly carry on not winning anything for forever. Very true. Although I mean, I don't know. I would have said that about mana for the last three years or so. Mm. Uh, but he's been, he had that really fantastic run in Austin that I did not think he had in him. So it's kind of hard for me to be like, well, you're done. You should just quit rather than just lumping <laughs> along. I'm not saying players who don't <laughs> perform well should just quit. That's not what I'm saying. Oh, I'm, oh that's I, what I interpreted. I'm saying mm-hmm. players who recognize that they don't, you know, have the drive. Like, did you read his uh, post about it? About how did. he's just his not tweet. motivated? Mm-hmm. If you yep. if you can recognize that yourself, you should just stop if you're not happy doing it. That yeah, that makes sense. If you still have the passion, regardless of how well you're performing, you should keep doing it. Yeah, I agree. As long as it's not like you, you know, starving your children because you can't afford food, trying to make esports work. I mean, uh, let's be yes. let's be reasonable here. If you're homeless because you're trying to make esports work, maybe it's not for you. If you're like Bly and you know qualifying for WCS using a car battery to power your laptop. Well, I guess that's just cool. For uh, yes, I didn't know that. You really? <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing it on Reddit. It was, uh... Well, so it's definitely true if it's from Reddit. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Now I gotta look this up. Oh, oh, oh! Did I find it? Did I? Did you? Did I find it? Did you? I may have gotten some things inaccurate about oh he powered his pc with a car battery uh to play not not to qualify uh, (laughs) but to play at the penthouse party (laughs) star killer posted it of course he did that's amazing slash r slash a normal day in russia (laughs) he's ukrainian he sure is so yeah not starcraft but whatever pc gaming i mean it was so he could play starcraft oh that's yeah all right yeah devotion what that is yep uh in other starcraft news i have been seeing on the twitter's talk of a is it called the banshee league i'm second guessing myself right now uh, uh, but there is an all-female starcraft tournament mm-hmm. that's been getting a lot of talk yeah i heard a little I'm bit trying about to 
Wow, Google's not helping me with this at all. All right, well, I found the Team Liquid post. For the tournament. Okay, that'll work. These tournaments will be ideally every two weeks and are funded by me. Uh, this is Zombie Grub's post. If anyone would like to help mm-hmm. cover the prize pool, it'd be greatly appreciated. Otherwise, we'll have Macharinos for every tournament. So it's going to be streamed on Zombie Grub. Prize pool is $75. First place, 50 Second place uh, is $25. And then third and fourth place actually get a choice of co-op commander or announcer pack. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So if you make the semifinals, you get something. Yeah. And it's a all-female tournament, I believe. It is. It's called Banshee Tournament. This is number one. And if it gets success, then I'm sure she'll do another one. Mm. So, yeah. All right. So, hmm. so this is a complex issue. Mm-hmm. Anytime you get into gender in video games, there is potential for a lot of hurt feelings and a lot of anger and a lot of people talking past each other. And it can be pretty tricky. And that's why Wade was cracking his knuckles in the background there, because he is ready to wade in here and figure this stuff out. Or because my hands hurt it slightly and now they feel better. Or that. But I like the image of you getting ready to jump in here. Hold on, I can do my neck if I try hard enough. Oh, don't do oh. no, don't do that. Did you hear that? No. Oh gosh. <laughs> yes! I told you not to do it. Oh I didn't even have to put my hands I... on my neck. I just tilted my neck slightly to one side and you get a nice crack. Like that. Whenever people do that, I'm worried they're gonna snap their own necks and just collapse on the floor. <laughs> and then I'm like, Well, what do I do then? <laughs> the cops are like, so how'd he die? He killed himself, officer, I promise. Snapped his own neck. Mm-hmm, likely story. <laughs> oh. I didn't even touch my anxious. neck. I didn't touch my neck. I just tilted my head and it snapped. It didn't snap, it popped. Cracked. <sighs> it just popped. All right, that's not as bad. But I have been friends with people who will literally grab their heads and go wrench. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And every, every single time, I'm like, well, you're going to kill yourself right in front of me. What good friend are you are? My brother does it by putting the palm of his hand <sighs> on his chin. And then the other yep. palm of his head on the back of his head, and then slowly twisting it to the left or the right. <gasps> slowly <laughs> is better, I think. When I've seen it done, it's in like a very fast wrench, like I see on the movies, like Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> does to bad guys. <laughs> it's totally safe and fine to do. I know it is. No one's ever died doing it. I understand this. Well, if they have, they certainly never live to tell the tale. Right. Although, I think it'd make the news, right? If someone broke their own neck trying to pop it, I think that would show up. I think just proving that's why he was doing it might be a little difficult. It would be. It'd be real hard. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Part of it is, I feel like the the police investigation would go poorly for me if I was in the vicinity. So, anyway. Um, so, I'm glad you didn't do that. That makes me feel better. It really <laughs> does. But back to the topic at hand. Oh, dang it, Wade. You were about to talk about the Banshees. I, I certainly was. Mm-hmm. All right. So there was a bit of a conversation going on the Twitters, which is a public forum. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not telling tales out of school here. I'm not talking about private conversation. These people chose to have this conversation on Twitter mm-hmm. in an open format. They sure did. They sure did. All right. So Scorpling, mm-hmm. who is a female StarCraft II and League of Legends streamer, so she tweeted out, um, when was this? Oh, okay, so last Tuesday. Last Tuesday, U.S. time. Why is it that a lot of the faces I see running female StarCraft II tournaments lately are just completely self-serving, self-promoting fakes that don't actually care about girls so much as they care about the novelty of running female tournaments? Mm. Count me out. Mm-hmm. Ten likes. Mm-hmm. So a couple things here couple things going on. I understand the sentiment. I get that. If there are people running StarCraft II tournaments and having female-only participants solely just to get vision for their tournaments, solely because they know it's a weird thing that people will tune in to see, and they're just doing it cynically like that, yeah, that's not a cool thing. If that's something that's going on, I can understand her reluctance to be involved. But it's also, it would be your burden of proof to, you know, prove it. Yes. One of my, one of my life adages is that intent is incredibly hard to prove. Hmm. It's really difficult for me to look at this and say, well, I'm just going to take you at face value, Scorpling. Like, I understand you're upset about this and you don't like what you're seeing, but can why do you believe this? Why is this something that you're stating as fact? A lot of the faces you see doing this are fakes and completely self-serving and self-promoting. Like, mm. wh- how do you know? How do you know that they're not actually doing it to promote female gaming and help female gamers get more visibility and get prize winnings and grow that side of esports. How do you know? Let's just clarify something here. She doesn't explicitly call out 
the Banshee tournament. We just happened like that's just nope. happens to be the most recent announcement of a. It's actually honestly in my my knowledge of StarCraft the first StarCraft two tournament for females only that I've ever heard of, ever. Correct. Me too. Which it's kind of confusing because she i mean she's referring to multiples mm. she's like a lot of the female starcraft 2 tournaments lately yeah she also uh, in this reddit uh not reddit thread, twitter thread she does say she's played in other female only se2 tournaments right so if you know of them tweet at me or tweet at wade mm. and be like hey stupids here they are you guys should know about this already because we probably should but yeah, it'd be weird if she was talking about the Banshee tournament because I don't I've never heard anybody accuse Zombie Grove of being self serving about her take on StarCraft at all. Well, um I'm, if that's what the accusation is, I'd really be surprised that's what's going on. Zombie Grub is also at the same time like a person who needs to pay their bills and is a streamer. It's hard to say you're doing this for self promotion when the answer is obviously yes, of course I want to be promoted through my own tournament. Yeah. If she has a tournament and then she casts it to promote her casting abilities, isn't that self-promoting? Is that a yeah, bad thing? Yeah, so that's the thing. Uh, no. So that's it. You can have a mixture of motivations. You can, yes, do this tournament to increase your visibility as well as help out these other people. But the argument here that is being made in this tweet is completely self-serving, completely self-promoting fakes. Right. Right. So in that case, uh, I don't think that would apply to Zombie Grub. I think what you're saying is definitely fair and definitely true. I'm sure there's a mixture of motivations here. And I don't think you are a fake if you're doing it to grow your own channel as well as trying to grow female gaming in StarCraft. Yeah. Same page. So then our good friend, Just Jordan, a friend of the podcast. Yep. He puts on his earmuffs jump- blindfold and walks straight into the deep end of the water. He... <laughs> And he knows better, too. Jordan, I love you. You know better. I always thought it was silly to make a distinction. What is the point of a gender limitation anyway? It just seems like a very lowbrow way to grab some additional viewers. So he's agreeing with score playing a little bit here. Mm. Yeah. Do you, you think do you think that's what's going on? I think that is his intention. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Again, he's not wrong if you can improve, like, if you can prove that the intent is to grab additional viewers from having a spectacle show rather than a one that's actually based on competition yes so if you're assuming that scorpling knows what she's talking about and she's right then jordan's response here makes a lot of sense yes yes if there are people who are total fakes and doing this just to increase their own visibility and they don't care about anything else then yeah that's a lowbrow way to grab some additional viewers Mm. for sure and you can definitely like prove that there are have been tournaments to do this i'll have to look it up but there was a oh, Hearthstone, t- Hearthstone two, a Hearthstone tournament that was for female only. The entire stage that they had for it was decked in just pink. Oh, gosh. They refused to give them like proper chairs and made them sit on like stools. It was handled <laughs> super poorly. This wasn't. Hmm? Was this a Blizzard event? No. Okay, thank goodness. Blizzard's not that tone deaf. No, Blizzard is not that bad. No. All right, good. So that happens. So, I don't know. Again, there are some assumptions being made here that either we're not privy to or else are completely unfounded. One of the two. Then Atira comes into the conversation, who is another StarCraft II streamer. uh, Another female StarCraft II streamer who, according to her Twitter bio, is also a big Trekkie. Which, interesting combination. I don't think there are a lot of Trekkie StarCraft II fans necessarily, but... Hmm. That is neither here nor there. Uh, she comes in with the classic Twitter argument method of, are you kidding? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Literally the whole thing. Not great for stimulating conversation. Really just a way to come in and, you know, kind of dump on someone who's trying to make a statement. It's just not conductive. But when you're trying to actually have an engage in a conversation, just asking someone if they're legitimately proposing their thoughts is a good way to just say your thoughts seem so unreasonable you couldn't really be having them yes and that's the that's again assuming intent here Mm. but i have a real hard time reading that tweet any other way than how can you honestly say what you're saying are you stupid yeah um i don't know that it really gets better from there uh Jordan comes in and says, I don't understand why you need to label it a female StarCraft tournament. The scene isn't known as being misogynistic or anything. There are plenty of successful streamers, yourself included, and gender doesn't affect skill like it would in traditional sports. That said, people can do what they'd like with their time and money. I've got no problem. Personally, I just don't see the point in it. I'm open-minded, though. If I'm missing something, please point it out. There might be an important value to such a thing that I'm overlooking. So Jordan's trying here. Mm. I think he's doing a pretty good job. Good guy, Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Being a good guy. With his spanking new haircut and beard stylings in his photo, I his Twitter th- photo. I don't think that's new. 
He's had that for ages. Well, no, but the haircut was new when the photo was taken. No, yes. I mean, maybe. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Maybe his hair is permanently like that. It's very possible. I've never seen him with a hair that's not like that. <laughs> maybe he gets a cut every day. You don't know. I know he trims his beard every day, which I just don't have the patience Ooh, for. No, me neither. How, how is your beard going? <laughs> Weird tangent, but how? It's, it's fine. You saw it a couple days ago. Not yeah. much different. Is it still itchy? Uh, no. So you got past the itch? It's, yeah, I got past the itch. It's basically to the point where I forget it's there, except every once in a while. I'm like, oh yeah, there's this thing on my face. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I forget it's there, which is probably a good sign. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Anyway, we'll come back to the beard, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay so here's where i actually have a bit of an argument with jordan so yes jordan you are correct there's nothing inherent to starcraft 2 that means boys should be better at this than girls are as opposed to something like football mm-hmm. or basketball or soccer where men are just bigger and stronger and there's more testosterone and they have natural inherent advantages over women in those sports so it shouldn't exist in starcraft that said how many female StarCraft II players have ever made a WCS event? Like, final bracket. One. One, if we're counting Scarlet. Yeah, which Scarlet... Okay. Scarlet's always a weird thing to talk about. We've actually vetoed against talking about this on podcasts probably about this time last year. Um, yep. Just because it's a sticky situation that we're not entirely sure we can do justice without fully diving into it like giving it a proper time and research that it would require uh that because scarlet was born a man yes i think that's that's the point that we're just trying to make here scarlet was born a man therefore it's harder to define her playing like her her skills as purely as a female right if there is a reason that men for whatever reason would be better at a computer game but we don't think there would be no we do not then she would get that advantage as well and she is i think actually the highest earning star uh not starcraft 2 but like programmer ever highest earning female esports programmer ever yeah all right yep number one sasha hosten okay there we go all right so backtracking a little bit to where i was trying to go with this Mm. jordan is correct there's nothing that should be keeping female gamers from being as good at starcraft as the men are Mm mm-hmm but the fact remains they're not represented. Yep. And so I do think it's a good thing to have these female-only tournaments, if just to encourage girls to play. I don't know. It feels like I'm not generally... I don't generally make this kind of argument. I don't generally say, let's go ahead and discriminate based on sex to try to make something better. Mm. But I really do feel like there is a certain level of just women aren't interested in StarCraft, if they play anything, because it's so heavily dominated by dudes. Yeah. Are they not interested in it because it's dominated by dudes? Or are they just not interested in it? Yeah. I don't know. When I see a female-only tournament, and then the other tournaments aren't especially labeled as male-only, and where you have essentially an open tournament and a female-only tournament, that just looks like restricting them to a lesser, you know skill like in terms of skill it's a lesser competitive event correct absolutely it is and so when i see that i can't help but feel like i would be discouraged to know that the way that the community has evolved is to say that these people cannot play on the same level as everyone else and have to be given their own tournament and celebrating mediocrity instead when it comes to skill well but see that's not it though because they're allowed to compete in everything else Mm, but why don't they they're not being well, they're not, it's not because they're being restricted from it. Mm, I know. Right? So we're not saying girls aren't good enough. Here, have your own tournament. We're saying you're invited everywhere. You can play in any tournament you ever want. We don't restrict based on that. You can come. You can play. And then the fact that we don't have any female representation in these major events says, all right, well, maybe we can try to jumpstart some of this by doing a female-only type thing. Just making, just making the claim that by having a female-only tournament will garner female interest just doesn't sit with me yeah no i get it i guess i guess what i imagine happening here is maybe there's a girl who has a lot of aptitude for starcraft right she's good at it Mm. but when she tries to compete and these open tournaments she gets crushed Mm. okay okay and it's not because she's bad it's just because she's not experienced and she doesn't have the confidence to keep going if she just keeps going to these open tournaments and getting killed but maybe if she's able to win a few of these female-only tournaments and get the confidence and then say, okay, 
I sh really should keep doing this. I really should devote myself to this as much as somebody like an innovation does, somebody like a stats does, somebody like a Serral does. Mm. And then she's able to become, you know, able to compete at those higher levels. That'd be awesome. I would, yeah. No, I have no problem with I mean, that scenario taking place. I just don't know for certain if that's the scenario that'll happen. Correct. I don't either. And as I was saying it, I kind of thought to myself, well, what about the dudes? <laughs> like, <laughs> what about the dudes who go to these tournaments and get crushed over and over again because they're not good enough? Like, where do they get their motivation? And I don't know. I don't know if the fact they have a penis is enough motivation anyway. <sighs> What's really crazy to me about this, and just to get a little bit, um, a little bit off track here, so Penny Arcade, a webcomic that's been around since the late 90s and has been around forever, there's what's known as the Greater Internet um, Dipwad Theory. <laughs> okay. You, f you familiar with this at all? Sure not. So this originally came out in 2004. That does not say Dipwad. It certainly doesn't. Can Could... you read it for yourself? Nope. Good viewer. Nope. nope. You're going to put that in there. You've got to say it. Nope. <sighs> so basically, it's... <laughs> Uh, John Gabriel, who's the artist for Penny Arcade, he specifically used the Unreal Tournament 2004 experience online to lend incontrovertible proof that a normal person plus anonymity plus an audience equals a total dipwad who's willing to say anything and be a complete jerk about all the things. Okay, so we were like, aha, that's very true. Being anonymous, people will say all sorts of mean things because it can't be traced back to them. And then Twitter came around and then Real ID on Battle.net came around and then Facebook came around and we learned his theory was wrong because what? holy crap, people are absolutely willing to be complete dipwads on the internet even if everybody knows who they are. <laughs> I think both things are true. I think uh, even like reasonable people will be dipwad. Like there'll be a greater level of dipwad if they're given anonymity and an audience. Okay, it is worse. I think with the anonymity and the audience, it gets worse for sure. But I still think there are enough people who are willing to behave poorly online, mm -hmm. even with zero anonymity, mm -hmm. that I just feel like the theory's kind of just been completely shot to pieces. Probably. Just in just just in the sense that it requires anonymity, because it doesn't. Not for a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I think if you are doing it under your real name, it's even more silly than it is to do it with anonymity. Yeah, it is, but it doesn't stop. It doesn't. It doesn't stop from, them. <laughs> no, and it could just be a very vocal minority. This could be point zero zero one percent of the population who's willing to be on the internet and be total jerks about everything and have their name out there and public, mm. but they're loud <laughs> and they're. They're kind of a problem, and I don't know what to do about it. I mean, people make a living off it these days. Yeah, because, all right, so this is going a little bit deeper than I think I want to go, but it's because, all right, so there's another theory, uh, that people with antisocial tendencies and antisocial beliefs, back in the day, there was really no way for them to find other people who believe the same thing that they did. Mm. They'd grow up in a small town somewhere or a medium town somewhere, and you couldn't just bring this up in casual conversation like, boy, do I hate the Jews, necessarily. That's a really bad example, actually, because, boy, I hate the Jews did become a big thing. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> I would try to think of a good example. Uh, Antisocial belief that isn't super common. Uh, I don't know, like you're into murder porn, right? Like you really get off on watching people die. But the basic concept is that back in the 30s and 40s and 50s, you couldn't find another person who believed the same way that you do because there were only four of you in the continental United States and you couldn't bring it up in casual conversation to find people who believe the same thing that you did. Hmm. But with the rise of the internet... When you get the internet in there, you can say it and yeah. now get ostracized from your normal social circles. You can say it and you will find other people who believe the same thing that you do and mm. are willing to be echo chambers for your belief and legitimize it mm -hmm. and make it seem okay. Mm -hmm. That's the scary part of this whole thing is that I think a lot of people before the internet lived and died with crazy beliefs or crazy impulses they never acted on because society said that was bad and wrong and harmful. Mm -hmm. And this applies to things that aren't necessarily bad and wrong and harmful. Like a lot of gay people live their lives that way, believing they were alone, which totally sucks. Yeah. But 
for people who are into murder porn, a lot of these people died without spreading their beliefs or do anything about it, right? The point being, the internet has allowed people who are anti have antisocial tendencies to grow those tendencies and make them louder and bigger and stronger because they feel like they're not alone. Mm. Yes. It's a double-edged sword that way. The internet has been good for people to find others who are like them and in a helpful, productive way. And it's been bad in helping people find others like them in a destructive and incredibly negative way. Mm. Yeah. So again, it's just me saying why things are the way they are, I think, without really any answers at all to how to fix it. It's a tricky situation. It is super tricky. Like we were talking about Gamergate four years ago now, right? And gamers making death threats to people who talk about how video games are kind of misogynistic. It's like your response is, you want them to die? Really? (laughs) (laughs) Feels like an unproportionate response. But right, then you see someone else do it and you're like, oh yeah, I feel that way too. And now I feel like I can because someone else did it first and it becomes a thing and it's just uh, amazing. Yeah, I mean, I I wish more people would identify the the behavior of well, someone else did this bad thing, so that means I can do it too. I mean, you're still just admitted to doing a bad thing. Sure. But if it's been normalized because enough other people are doing it, you don't feel bad about it as much anymore. Yeah, it's a, it's a problem. It's, yep. There's really not much more I can say on it than that. I have no answers for this. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. Although I do feel like gay girls only tournaments in StarCraft are okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it. Throw a tournament to whoever. I'd like to see them do well. Just make it sustainable. Right. And I think, I don't know, I think supply and demand will take care of that. I think if there's enough interest and participation in something, it will keep going. And if there's not, it will die. Mm -hmm. I guess participation isn't everything. I think people watching and tuning in and donating to the prize pool and stuff matters too. But participation is a big one. Yeah. 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 Yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. All right. We're in agreement. Hooray. Hooray. So on another controversial issue, why don't you tell me about a new tax that was passed in Australia, Wade? Oh, um, you know, I don't know if it's actually been passed. Oh, yeah. Right. Um, it's being talked about being passed. It's being talked about. So this is called the anti-vax tax, which basically just... So it's catchy. It, it, is, mm-hmm. it is catchy. <laughs> a bit like everything they're trying to vax. You know, it's catchy. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, so this is called No Jab, No Pay, the article I found. Uh, Basically, it says that families who intentionally forego vaccinating against preventable diseases, there are some limitations about, like, if the child's health, if they're, like, immune system or they have health concerns over vaccinating, then that's a legitimate reason for not doing it. Like, there are some kids who have immune systems that can't take the vaccination. Yeah, which is why herd immunity is a big thing. Yeah, but this basically says that parents will be taxed two dollars every day per child that they don't get vaccinated two dollars a day now my math isn't great but that's like six hundred dollars a year that's like per kid. 737 dollars per year per kid per kid yeah yes mm-hmm. interesting i believe comes out of like uh family tax benefits they don't get charged that that it comes out of uh supplemental programs that are supposed to help families so instead like that's why it's called the no jab no pay as in you don't get paid if you don't get your kids vaccinated gotcha rather than it actually being a tax okay so it's uh there's a i think that's called a regressive tax i used to know about these things Mm. hold up regressive tax is decreases as the amount subject increases as part of changes for the new financial year from today parents who refuse to vaccinate the children will be docked money from their family tax benefit got it okay so here are my thoughts on this okay one it's nice to see something being done because holy crap Mm anti-vaxxers two what i see happening here is anti-vaxxers finding a doctor who's willing to write them a note saying their kids shouldn't be vaccinated and you give that to the government and say screw you guys um i i don't know if that's strictly going to be good enough okay what will be required then because a medical portfolio describing why like actual medical records supporting it okay that does get trickier it's harder to forge medical records (laughs) yes Hmm. and then like i've seen my work do this with uh, people who claim compensation for on-site incidents is they go to a doctor and they the doctor said this person needs time off to heal or recover and then they just kind of keep going back to that doctor getting the the note saying 
yeah, that are, they still need more time. They still need more time. Yeah, there's unethical doctors out there. Yeah. What work eventually does is say, okay, now you have to go to our new doctor and get him to sell you the same thing. So it won't be a matter of get your child a note from his doctor, get a note from the doctor we're sending to you. Got it. There has been some uh, issues with anti-vaxxers in Queensland who have reportedly set up their own childcare services after laws allowing non-vaccinated children to be excluded from childcare services. Right. See? See? They find a way around these things. No, this is simply them saying that the children who aren't being vaxxed are now going to a childcare center for non-vaxxed kids. Right. There's also... Which is bad. Yeah. It, yeah. They're also apparently also setting up a combined homeschooling system. So not only are they going to take them out of social systems that where kids learn to be social with other people and get their education to be put into a obviously inferior schooling system, but they're going to put a whole group of these kids, like, just clump them together with no vaccinations. Right. So, I kind of feel like if this was a compound that nobody ever left, maybe it'd be okay. Yeah. But these people are going to the store and to the movies and stuff. It still wouldn't be okay. Well, well... No. If saying that people need to be vaccinated because it's good for the health, it doesn't matter if they live in their house 24 hours a day because it's still bad for right. the health. Like, if people want to live in a, com- a compound then they still need to be healthy in that compound. All right. So for the kids who don't have any choice here, right? They're being raised by parents who have interesting ideas about the way the world works. They don't have any say. But as far as like a human adult wanting to be unhealthy, like a human adult wants to smash their own face in with a hammer, like, okay. Mm. All right, I guess. (laughs) I'm not going to make laws to stop you from doing that. But when it starts affecting society as a whole, I think is when the laws need to come in, which is I think the bigger part of this vaccination thing is it's herd immunity. Mm. Yes, a lot of people have their vaccinations, but infants don't have all their vaccinations and people with immuno like autoimmune diseases don't have their vaccinations. And there are people who are allergic to certain ones and can't get them. And the way they're protected now is that everybody else has their vaccination. And so any disease can't catch hold Mm -hmm. and hit the population as a whole. But once the number of people that are not vaccinated starts to increase and get to a certain point, then these vulnerable people, these children, these infants, these already sick people become vulnerable and then we're all toast. Yeah. So at that point, you're affecting other people, which sucks. The way we're seeing herd immunity now start to fail with an increase of people telling, like, basically not getting vaccinated is there was a measles outbreak in uh, America. Yep. Yep. From January 1st to June 26, 2018, 93 people from 19 states were reported to have measles. Yep. Which has been dead for decades at this point. Yep. Gone. Yep. Like, gone. Mm-hmm. Like, we thought we would have, like, be able to stop vaccinating against it at some point. It was so gone. No. no. Nope. Nope. Came back. The majority of people who got measles were unvaccinated, mm-hmm. according to the CDC report. Yeah. Just... So, yeah. So, okay. I like... I do like what Australia is doing here, again, because of how it affects society as a whole. Mm. I do worry about people getting unscrupulous doctors, forging documents, and just being like, this is what the government needs print this out put my kid's name in it and we'll give this over right Mm. so i do worry about that because these anti-vaxxers are dedicated man they are super dedicated to continuing to live their lifestyle the people i've read on the internet i don't know any people in person but the people i know of i don't see many of them going oh well there's a 700 dollars tax i'm gonna vaccinate my kids now I just don't see it. And I hope that's what happens, but I don't see that happening. $700 per kid. Right. Right. So if, let's say you but have... How many kids do people have anymore? Uh, like the guy I work with has 12. Sure. But outlier. Right. 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 Average yeah, yes. number of kids people have in America is two. Less than two. Yeah. I think it's under two now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is what Catholics and Mormons and immigrants are all about. Keeping mm. America alive. Right. Yeah. Still, I think taking $1,400 off... Uh, like the top of someone's benefits might be enough to like be like all right well we kind of need that money it might help it might not but i think it doing it's better than doing nothing hopefully Hopefully. yeah (laughs) the concern for these parents is it's going to get their kids autism or kill them right yep hey that's what they believe i don't know why that's giggleable i didn't giggle i scoffed all right it was a scoff my bad right yeah so what is the monetary value on your kid getting autism is what we're doing here is 1400 is 1400 dollars enough money for you to say okay i'll risk giving my kid autism to save 1400 dollars. like you're putting a monetary value on what you're 
what these parents are willing to do. I keep thinking back to, have you ever seen the TV show House? Yeah. Yeah. There's an episode where he's doing like clinic duty and uh, he's got a woman with her daughter and her daughter's playing with like a little bunny rabbit. And he's got a folder and goes, hmm, she's not up on her immunity shots. And he goes, yeah, we're deciding not to vaccinate. And he goes, huh. Puts the folder down and goes, can I borrow the bunny for a sec? Play with the bunny in front of the kid and goes, yeah, that's cute. You know what else is cute? Teeny tiny baby coffins. Yep. I remember that. This is a great scene. Mm. House is moderately blunt <laughs> all the time. Probably my best like re- uh, like adaptation of a Sherlock Holmes. Uh, ooh, best adaptation of Sherlock Holmes is House. That is a take. Mm-hmm. It is very good. I do love House. I think I might agree with you on your take, actually. Oh, thank you. So yeah, bottom line, please vaccinate your kids. And if you're in Australia, do it for the money, I guess, which uh, feels gross. I think it is another incentive. Your kids get to live and you get money. <laughs> it's a twofer. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. This has been a yes. really heavy podcast. It really has. Let's lighten it up a little bit. So basically, I think you need to commit to getting this out before Saturday <laughs> for the Dank Shrine interview. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so internet personality Duddles, part of the uh, ever-popular Who the Hell is Duddles meme, (laughs) he now runs the Dank Shrine podcast, and as his first act as runner of the Dank Shrine podcast, he decided to reach out to the Falcon Paladin and see if he wouldn't mind being interviewed, and I said, sure, let's do it. So he's looking for people to send him questions to ask me during this interview. Now, Duddles, I don't mind that you passed over me, but, uh, you know, maybe next time. I think he was intimidated. It's like, oh, my first choice is Somicron, but <laughs> he's just so big, and he's just such a big esports supporter in Australia, it's and true. he's so handsome that I can't, I can't talk to him yet. I need to get a few interviews under my belt. It's all true. I assume that's why all the girls in high school never talked to me as well. I was just too handsome for it. Oh yeah, yeah. intimidating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep, that explains a lot of people's motivations, Wade. It sure doesn't. <laughs> Not at all. All right, so bottom line, what you need to do, if you have some questions for Falcon Paladin, you would like me to answer on the Dank Shrine podcast, hit Duddles up at Duddles1, D-U-T-T-L-E-S-1. There's another Duddles, but... We covered this. We did, you know. Uh, yep, hit him at, up at Duddles1 and uh, to ask him questions to ask me. And the more embarrassing, the better, I think. Mm. He's into that. Yep, I'm, I've got a whole list of questions I'm going to send to him. Oh, thank goodness. Questions you've been meaning to ask and just never got around to in the many, many weeks (laughs) we've been doing the podcast. No, things I already know the answer to that I just want to embarrass you. Oh, yeah. No, that makes more sense. Yeah. Like the time you uh, texted your, like, called your girlfriend's pager three times a day. Oh, I will tell that story gladly as a warning to others. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that. That story. I don't like that story, though, on certain levels. (laughs) Anyway, thanks, Shrine. Check it out. It's a podcast with StarCraft esports peoples. Should be dank. Should be dank. Additionally, what do you have to talk about regarding aliens, Wade? Well, this week in Bad Games, did you ever play Aliens Colonial Marines? I certainly never did. I've never played an Aliens video game of any sense. Well, Aliens Isolation is a good game. You should probably give that a shot if you get the time. I have heard good things. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this game came out in 2013 and is just a giant pile of bad. Okay. It is ungodly bad. It's aliens like AI that you fight. Like it's a first person shooter, but the like the AI, the the scripting for the aliens makes no sense. They do dumb stuff. They stand there walking into walls. It's just awful. Yeah, if you're going to have a first person shooter where you're fighting AI, they can't be that stupid. They, they're going to be stupid because AI is stupid. Mm. But if they're blatantly dumb, it's going to ruin your game for sure. Yeah. And this has actually recently popped back up into gaming media because it turns out there was a one letter typo in a script of code that fixes their AI. What? No, you're joking. I will send you a link. Okay. Kotaku says it was inside your config file. Okay, that makes sense. Change pecan sec act attach Xeno to tether. Change it to attach pawn to tether. That's not one character. That's a whole no, no, no. four characters. No, no, no. They wrote tether wrong. They misspelled tether. Oh, I was looking at the difference between Xeno and pawn. But yes, you're right. They spelled tether wrong in the second instance. Mm. Yep. Holy crap. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. So basically, the Xenos used to just group up and be really easy to mow down with AOE, but now they flank you and disperse, and it makes a huge difference in gameplay. Yeah. Holy crap. Yep. How did it go unnoticed for so long? I have no idea. 
I did see a uh, comment on something. I don't remember. It might have been like a Twitter comment being like, this is what two hours of game testing gets you. Basically saying (laughs) that they never tested the game before putting it out. Uh, Yes, but you'd think... I don't know. I feel like somebody who's familiar with the game would play it a little bit after it was released and be like, huh, these guys aren't behaving like we want them to. Let's dig into this a tiny bit, right? Mm, you would think. But no, I guess not. I guess that never happened. I believe there was also a whole bunch of controversy about the game not getting finished and switching developers. Like, mm. It just, it's... Okay, this is why I'm not a developer, number one. <laughs> is My nightmare is putting something out there that doesn't work because of a single character in a line of code in the 50,000 lines of code that I wrote and you have to just comb through the whole stupid thing trying to figure out what it is. Yeah. That sounds like 0% fun to me. Yeah. But that said, this is the config file. This isn't code. I mean, it's technically code, but config files aren't that big. Mm. Like if you just had to look at the config file to find out what the problem is, it can't take you that long. Well, I guess like whoever was looking through it didn't know how to spell tether. That's just it. You have to know how to spell. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that Gearbox apparently makes fun of itself because they made this game. They have a tweet saying, feeling tethered to your current job or we have the perfect opportunity to you. And it's a link to their um, job openings for programming copy editors. Programming copy editors. (laughs) Check for spelling and grammar mistakes in your code. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. That's fantastic. It really bothers me it took so long to figure this out. I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Can't go back and change it. Responsibilities. Review all code for typos. Just that. Desired skills and experience. Enjoys finding typos. <laughs> uh, required skills and experience. Click apply and pass the rigorous questionnaire located on the application. Uh, apply for this position. Enter first name. Uh, I don't live in Texas, so I don't think I'll get the job. Uh, yeah, it's a problem. Uh, respond with the correct spelling of tether or tether. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's very good. I like it a lot. Uh, I mean, the thing is, I do like copy editing. I do enjoy looking at other people's stuff and making it better. Maybe. I just can't get paid good money doing that. But maybe if I can apply it to the tech industry, there's money there. Maybe. Hmm. maybe. New career path discovered thanks to aliens. Do you want to pick up and move the Falcon family to Texas? I mean, I don't know. I applied for jobs in Texas out of college. Oh, yeah? We looked at Houston. Fair enough. And you had already met Mrs. Paladin by there. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We were married. We had a kid by that point. So we basically decided we wanted to move somewhere where it never snowed. <laughs> and so we looked at places like Tennessee... <laughs> Um, Texas, Arizona. And then probably gave up on that idea. Well, nobody ever got back to me is the problem. Ah. I applied to a bunch of different newspapers and magazines in like during the recession. Right. And I figured I figured I'd get a pick like somebody would be interested somewhere. But no, I didn't get a call. I didn't get an email from anybody. But this one place I applied to in Idaho Falls, 30 minutes from where I graduated from college. <laughs> Fair enough. And that's where I ended up working. Just as frozen and just as snowy as I was in college. Gearbox here has a bunch <sighs> of open positions. If you're in Tejas? In uh, Frisco. Frisco. It's like California. Frisco, Texas. Frisco, Texas? Yeah. Where is Frisco? To the internet. Is a city in Dallas and part of the Dallas-Fort Worth metro area. Ah, Dallas area. Okay. That's pretty nice. I could do that. 163,000 people as of 2016. So it's not huge, but it's not teeny. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Well, maybe I'll apply. Like I know you guys are joking about this copy editor thing, but really, I think I can do this. <laughs> Help desk analyst, level artist, no, level designer, nope. IT web developer, nope. nope. Esports slash events program manager. Ah, uh, that'd be cool. I could do that. All right, I'll send you a link. Cool. And have a bunch of other stuff like Gearbox team member, which sounds really indescriptive. <laughs> sounds really interny. Well, it's for full time though full-time intern it's still an intern if you have to have at least three years of experience in the games industry which i think i do in the games industry i've had a youtube channel for three years does that count as games industry or entertainment yes. competitive gaming industry absolutely mm. Mm. <laughs> maybe maybe i'm gonna bachelor's in communications i feel like that's what they're looking for here that might help yeah yeah fair enough go work in the games industry i think i could do this in frisco What's the weather like in Frisco? Weather's probably pretty nice. I bet it gets stupid hot in the summertime. Probably. Of course, it's been 105 degrees here, mind you. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, 
Tuesday, 11 p.m., it's 33 degrees Celsius at 11 p.m., 91 Fahrenheit. Yep. (laughs) That's hot. It's pretty hot. It is. Let's see how hot it is in Salt Lake City right now. 83 degrees in Salt Lake, so a cool 83. What's that in real temperatures? I don't know. Does Google not give you just the click to change? It does. It's 28 degrees Celsius. That's not bad. Warm. Nope. It's pretty warm. It is. It's not comfortable if you're sleeping in 83 degree weather, but better than 91. It's currently 71 degrees Fahrenheit where I live. Oh, wow. That sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah. Winter time, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is the winters. Cool. So I think we're done. So this is... Or are you still looking at jobs? I was just going to say, well, just real quick for Frisco. Okay. Um, the, there's a section for venues. Okay. And it says, Frisco is home to the Dr. Pepper Ballpark, a 10,600-seat mm. baseball stadium. It doesn't say what team plays there Hmm. which is weird like usually a stadium is going to be home of the whatever even if it's a minor league team like it's their home that's why we built it for this team right right but it really seems like they just built oh no double a minor league basketball team rough riders what frisco rough riders class double a minor league baseball club did you say it casts it no, Dr. Pepper Ballpark is the home ballpark of the Frisco Rough Riders Class AA Minor League Baseball Club. Oh, well, Wikipedia page does not do a good job explaining that. Weird. I mean, it does say, actually, if I look further down, it does say that an NBA development league team plays there. I literally just read the first sentence on the Wikipedia page. About the Dr. Pepper Ballpark? Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'm on the Frisco page. Oh. So maybe they just don't go into as much detail on the page for Frisco. All right, cool. So they do play play baseball there. Makes more sense. Thank you for explaining that for me, Wade. You're always there for me. Truly. Truly. All right, cool. I think that's going to be it from us. Anything else you'd like to cover before we wrap this thing up? No. No, definitely not. All right. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour. Uh, what else? Any questions? Hit us up at falconpaladin at gmail.com with a subject of podcast thoughts. And we read those. We read all of them. And we'll respond sometimes too. And if you want us to read your comments on the podcast, we can probably do that as well. But yeah, that's going to be it. So until next time, as always, thanks for spending your hour with us. And you take care of yourself.